You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Bridge to You podcast, hosted by yours truly, Monique Russell, where we focus on promoting Black unity worldwide through conversations that help us understand ourselves and each other. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bridge to You podcast. I am your host, Monique Russell, and today in my guest chair, I have the opportunity to interview an amazing powerhouse speaker, leader, coach, Deetra Giles. She is a two-time TEDx speaker. She is an international keynote speaker, executive coach, award-winning author, Oh my goodness, she really helps take teams from poorly functioning to top producers, and her clients call her university tested and industry approved. I really like that. She is a top rated speaker for SHRM, National Society of Human Resource Managers, and an expert at delivering presentations to help leaders build high functioning teams and increase their productivity. I cannot even tell you the list of this young lady's clients. CDC, Kaiser Permanente, Army Corp of Engineers, Salvation Army. Seriously, Dietrich shares her insightful stories of success and really helps the team to optimize. She's a mother, she's a wife, and what I really love about this young lady is that she helps us to optimize the way we think about our environments that we live in, work in, play in, and were raised in. I just know that today's conversation is going to empower and inspire someone to grow. Deetra, welcome to The Bridge to You. Monique, it's such an honor to be on here with you and your audience. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. So I always like to find out from my guests, where in the world, if you could be anywhere right now, where in the world would you be and why? Oh my goodness. You know what? If you had asked me that question a year ago, it would have been on some exotic island off the coast of maybe down there in South Africa at the beach, even though it's cold at the beach there. <laughs> but right now, girl, I just want to go down the street. I would be happy to be in Miami. <laughs> I want to be able to go somewhere. So right now I would be cool being on the beach in Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> oh my goodness. I can relate. I think, I think that so many of us have had the itch, several itches to kind of oh get God. out and go somewhere. It's been really an interesting time right now. Deetra, one of the things, and I know we, we originally met on the Professionally Black webinar podcast on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. and there was so many great things that came out of that experience. And I really like the way that you position and help us to think about being very cautious, not being fearful, but being very cautious. And you just come across as someone who is not afraid 
to touch those taboo topics. And I'm wondering, how did you get this way? Like who, who made you who you are today? Oh my gosh, it was so many people. Um, I had the luxury of having a cross-cultural upbringing. So my father is from Jamaica, St. Mary's Parish, then Kingston, then the U.S. And my mother is a Black American. And so I had these two things intersect. And so the conversations around these things were household conversations in that just being very transparent. My Jamaican grandmother would say, things about Black Americans, and I would have to defend. So I grew up in this environment of, wait a minute, I, I became very comfortable very early speaking up for those people and those races and those cultures that I was represented by. So it has been a lifetime of conversations around, wait a minute, I'm going to speak up for this where I'm an ally or even where I may not be an ally, I am comfortable speaking up about these things. So it has been a lifelong journey, Moni. Mm. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, you know what I like about this? So this is not an overnight thing. It has really been something in your DNA. Yeah. And it really speaks to the whole importance of the environment and the exposure and what we are really shaped and how we are influenced by those around us and I really like the interesting dichotomy like the mix you know your mom your your dad and your grandmother so dive a little bit deeper I'm curious into what what were some of the things that you had to defend um whatever whichever group from within your family you know what it was misunderstandings on both sides because I think when we otherize people very easily and because we are most comfortable in our environments with people that are like us, we very often don't go to the others. So my black American family had ideas about what Jamaicans were that were just not true. I'm like, no, we do things, we like things, we like similar things. And my Jamaican family had ideas about what Black Americans were and thought and how they operated in that my grandmother thought my, my mom wouldn't be as focused on my education as she thought a Jamaican would be. And in my household, I can get away with pretty much anything except bad grades. <laughs> my mother, Black American, was not having it. For In her mind, education was the key that unlocked the door to success. And they thought they were on different pages, and they weren't. My mom was a very hard worker. And we know the joke about Jamaicans, they have three jobs. Everybody got five, six, ten. Yeah, <laughs> if you have three jobs, you're lazy. Like, you want only three jobs? But my mom was the Black American hard worker. And when I had those conversations on both sides of, no, you all share similarities, I actually brought the two of them together. And my mom and my grandma ended up becoming the best of friends and even telling my American family. So my grandma is the hardest core Christian you are ever going to meet. There is no weed smoking going on over at her house. So no, all Jamaicans aren't walking around in puff clouds. So it was just dispelling some of those myths because of how we otherize people so easily. Mm, this is so, 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 so good. So I can, I can definitely relate to those views on both sides too, you know, as far as people thinking that the Black Americans are lazy, not taking education seriously. And, and we know that that's just a farce, but we can see this more clearly when we have the experience, you know, for ourselves firsthand. 
but you were the bridge builder. You were in the middle of that situation and you were very vocal <laughs> as you are now. I want to speak to any situations that came up that were obstacles for you in the bridge building process. What were some of the most challenging um, situations or what would you say would have been the biggest struggle in getting both of them to see the similarities in each other? You know, the thing that could have been a struggle, but end up being a bridge builder was love. Um, when we find a commonality around things that we love, it makes that bridge building easier. So prior to me, there was no communication. My grandma wasn't hearing it. And my mom was like, I don't have to convince her of anything. She is not my husband. But when I came along, they both had a love for me that defied all of their feelings about themselves. My grandma loved me. I tell everyone I'm her favorite and she is no longer here to say I'm not. So that's just how it's going to go down in my books. And she loved me enough. She loved me more than she disliked my mother. And the same was true on my mother's side. My mom loved me more than she disliked my grandmother. And so that love was the bridge builder. And they came together, a big barrier and this is true oftentimes, is language. Though in Jamaica, you know, we speak English, but there's an accent and then there's a dialect that is often a barrier. And we interpret things when someone doesn't understand our language, we interpret that as a mental inferiority. And so I'm speaking clearly, why don't you understand me? There must be something wrong with you. And so there were times initially where I had to interpret like, mom, grandma just said <laughs> <laughs> and my grandma would be like well I'm speaking English I don't understand why she doesn't understand one you have a very thick accent and you have a lisp so you could go to <laughs> <laughs> that's a big combination so but eventually it came together and like I said they became the best of friends and it was it was just a great it was a great foundation for the work that I was destined to do because I became comfortable in those uncomfortable situations where, you know what, somebody has to talk about this because this can't keep going this way. So it built, it built up my comfort for that discomfort. Dietrich, mm. you are just dropping some power bombs up in here. So the language can be definitely something that you know, orchestrates or stimulates this mental inferiority. And I see that and hear that a lot as well. Mm -hmm. So you talk about the whole aspect of the culture and the dialect, and then, you know, just having that understanding between each other. Do you see now, I know you're also a mom and a wife as well. So how does this play out in your own home, in your own <laughs> family? Oh my gosh, it's so funny. I, and now I live in Atlanta, so my kids aren't exposed as much. And we don't live in a really communal environment like I grew up in, where you know your neighbors and all that other stuff. So I remember one time I took my kids home, and home for me is Miami, Florida, and they were around my Jamaican family. And my daughter runs up to me and she's like, Mommy, what's a dim? And I said, I don't, well, I don't know. What, like, tell me where, where did you see it? Where did you hear it? And she was like, Uncle Kenny, my uncle who's passed away, who was more like my father. She was like, everything is a dim. It's the people dim, the picnic dim. And I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I was like, so dim, as in them, 
pretty much makes everything plural. So we don't use S a lot. It's just a them. And now she said, well, what's a pygmy? I was like, pygmies are the children. So it's the pygmy them, it's the children. Mm. She said, but people is already plural. I said, listen, I'm explaining what it means. Don't start questioning the and recognizing how there are certain things you take for granted i don't i've never considered myself to be bilingual or trilingual but when you think about it i understand people's language that other people do, and what what is a language other than another way of speaking that someone else may not understand and in that essence i don't think we give ourselves credit for our ability to speak multiple languages mm. Or even to understand, because I'm not, you're not going to catch me walking around speaking fluent in Patois. But if someone's standing next to me talking in Patois, I understand everything they're saying. And I can tell you who will not understand a word exactly what they said. Wow. This is so amazing because it's like, even though you're speaking the same language and I'm just in the bigger context of, you know, understanding people, just really getting to understand cultures, different black cultures, different mm -hmm. black views and perspective. This language thing is so, so huge. Yeah. It's so heavy. And I know you mentioned your grandmother and how in instrumental and pivotal she was in your life. And I, re I read something about how she told you uh, about your name. I think people were struggling um, with your name. And she told you that it was not what they called you, but what you answered to. So mm -hmm. tell, tell us a little bit more about that. So it was funny. Like I remember one time she heard someone say my name incorrectly and she saw me respond and like a dethra. And she was like, that's not your name. And I'm like, well, you know, I know how my name is spelled. It's spelled dethra. She said, that is not your name. And if you answer to it, it becomes your name. If you answer to dethra, then your name is dethra. And that's not what your mom named you it really spoke to me about the importance that lied around the respect of your name, especially in our culture. We didn't grow up with a lot of money. We weren't wealthy. All you really had was your name. You know, you had to defend your name. You had to bring credit to your family name. And if you lose sight of the importance that comes with your name, you lose sight of who you are. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you answer to your name, you answer to boss, you answer to business owner, you answer to CEO. Don't answer to something that's not your name. Hey girl, my name is not hey girl, my name is Deetra. Deetra Giles, the entrepreneur, business owner, black woman with three degrees. That's who I am, that's what you call me. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> that was so powerful, ooh. <laughs> That was so powerful, Deetra. I felt it with every fiber in my body. And so now I feel like you are taking us through school, like an identity school, because now we have this whole aspect of connecting with e each other through our language, but we also have this aspect of connecting with each other through our name and what mm -hmm. we respond to how important that is a part of our identity. So taking the time to make sure we understand each other's names and respect and honor each other's names, I feel is just another step to building a bridge. Absolutely. Connection. And not letting your name be your failures. We spend so much time. I'm like, the answer to how do we get to where we're going is not ruminating on the stuff we did wrong. Some of us are so focused on what we didn't do right. Oh my gosh, I had a baby when I was in high school. Oh my gosh, I used to be a drug addict. Okay, we get it. 
But if that's what you're answering to, that's what you will always be. The answer to your calling is not the mistakes you made. Oh, that's good. So how do, how do we now, how do we do this in, in the workplace? Because a lot of those things transfer, you know, this, this whole bias. And I know this is your space, like completely this whole bias about, you know, individuals. And now we are at work and we have to get along with folks and we feel that they have inferiority because either they don't speak the way we speak or their name doesn't sound the way you know, we feel it should sound and we don't even bother to, to care about learning how to pronounce it or, or what it means. How would you advise a leader or a manager in an organization who wants to bring unity to their space in a culturally um, healthy way? You know what I would say? I would say learn people's actual name. I was on a call the maybe about two days ago with someone and he introduced himself to me and then he get he told me, Oh, you can call me this. And it's an Indian guy. And I said, Thank you for that, but what does your mother call you? Uh. What did your mother name you? And he said, Well, you know, it's really difficult for some people to say it. It's, it's really hard to say if you're not Indian. And I said, It doesn't take away the fact that your name deserves respect. So if you don't mind, if you're not offended, I would love to try and wow. say your name. And he paused. He was just like, wait, what? Because he'd never been honored in that way where someone acknowledged that his name was worth trying for. Now, what I told him was the way I say it, especially me being from the U.S. And now I've been in the South long enough to have a Southern twang. It may hurt your ears and you may decide, you know what? I can <laughs> no longer allow you to butcher my name like that. Please call me by my nickname. I get it. But don't discredit the value that your name should have to me. And as a leader, we have to learn people's names. The problem is in organizations, we have these diversity initiatives, but they're not inclusive initiatives. They're diversity in that I want the color of your skin, but not the color of your experience. Mm. And organizations have to start embracing the color of people's experience because I don't walk through the door and have this polar vortex that sucks my experience away and I get to come in your organization and just look back black, but not be black. Like you have to get all, you get all of this. When you get these locks, you get this kinky hair, you get this skin, you get all of this. When I tell you I will wear every, I will put patterns together, you get all the colors. You see these areas, you get the colors, the patterns. You get this whole Jamaican self coming into your organization. When you invite me in and being able to sit with, embrace, and include that in your financials of your organization. Wow. Wow. That's deep. You get the whole color of your experience, like the whole package, the whole nine. And I feel like I know a lot of my clients, especially my black clients, they feel like they have to hide who they really are and they can't show up fully expressed. Mm -hmm. But I'm listening to you and I'm hearing you and I'm getting fired up by you. And I just want to look, I want to pass the offering plate right now because I'm like, oh, I mean, this is really inspiring and amazing. And I know your, your influence really started from your childhood and really being mm -hmm. shaped with those multicultural, beautiful experiences that you've had. But for someone who hasn't had the opportunity to have such great diverse experiences, but they are curious, they, they know that, you know what, um, I may not know about how to connect with other Black cultures. I may have my own pre-assumptions, you know, mm -hmm. just like, you know, your folks may have had where do I even begin? Because I feel like these mindsets, sometimes they can be so embedded 
Um, but people, if they're curious enough, they want to know where to begin. What advice would you give someone who wants to start to have different experiences? I would say, well, it depends on what you have access to, but start small, easy, and fun. Those are my three requirements, small, easy, and fun. Let me tell you something. International people, not just Jamaicans, international people, when I tell you we love a good party, listen, there is always a place, especially Caribbean people, oh, Latinos, (laughs) oh, we party with the best of them. It's a great, like, guard down introduction. It's fun. You won't understand a thing being said, but everyone will be so welcoming. They're excited to have you. They may make some jokes about your accent because you think they have an accent. They think you have an accent too, but you get to meet people and they'll invite you into their home and you take it from there, from the people you meet, then you begin to foster these relationships. You begin to put yourself in different environments where you're going, you are going to be uncomfortable. There is no easy button for cross-cultural education. It just doesn't exist. But go to a nice party, a nice event, and start to immerse yourself in those cultures, and you'll be amazed at how you're embraced and how you're given opportunities to create a deeper meaning and a deeper relationship just from that very small surface party or event or cultural activity. You'll be amazed at how that can lead to a whole new world for you. Mm, listen, I know going to parties is something I like to do. So I don't even have to understand what's going on. I'm showing up. <laughs> I'm showing up. So I totally agree with that. Small, easy, and fun. That's great steps for us right now. So if there's anything that you would want to share with our audiences that they must know, and you know, just from your experience in general, what parting words would you share with our audience today? I would say staying the way you are is absolutely unacceptable. If you are not growing in your knowledge, you are going backwards because the world is moving ahead. And growing in your knowledge means expanding who you are and what you think about other people. And that expansion has to include relationships with people that aren't like you. Even for us, I have white friends, I have Asian friends, and it can't just be, you have to know me. I need to know you too. I want to understand the color of your experience because your color is different from mine. I can't ask you on one side to accept my experience and then not also be curious and accepting of your experience. So it has to be a two-way street. We have to grow as people by learning other people. Grow as people (laughs) by learning other people. Deetra, I I really didn't know I could get so much power bombs in such a short period (laughs) of time, but you really took us to school today. I mean, I know my listeners are jumping with joy from all of the information. Guys, I hope you heard that. Deetra talked to us about really this whole identity, the language, understanding our name, making sure we honor and try, not just saying, okay, I'm not going to even try, but actually honoring someone by trying. The Mm -hmm. whole act of trying is something that will take us to have a better experience and a deeper connection. And then really, if you don't know where to begin, just go ahead and start small make it easy, make sure it's fun. Fun is something that has no language. It has no color. It's just a really good feeling and you're invoking those feelings as well. 
make sure that you avoid having pre-assumptions because Deidre walked us through her childhood experiences. And this is something that's even more powerful within the home because mm -hmm. we can we can talk about what we're gonna do outside at work, but when we actually in a home space and we're dealing with people that are close to us and people that we love, it takes on a different meaning. But the answer to that is really finding the commonality finding the thing that is in common that you love, and that will help to build that bridge to your deeper connection. So Deetra, where can my guests find you on the internet? Oh my goodness. You can always find me, of course, at DeetraGiles.com. And Deetra is spelled D-E-T-H-R-A, and Giles is G-I-L-E-S. You can find me on Instagram at Deetra.Giles, Facebook, Deetra Giles, and of course, LinkedIn, Deetra Giles. <laughs> so I'm pretty much Deetra Giles everywhere. You can find me on YouTube. I've done a couple of TED Talks. So look me up and connect with me. I told you guys she was amazing. I just hope you had a wonderful experience as I did. And thanks once again for listening to the Bridge to You podcast. Make sure you let us know how you enjoyed this episode. Share with us in the comments. Make sure that you subscribe. Leave us a review on Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, on my website, or anywhere you listen to your podcast. Thanks once again. I'm your host, Monique Russell. And until next time, be well. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.